Hi, I'm Jan. And I'm Lynn. Welcome to the second season of Lamplighters Podcasts. Lamplighters is a community that encourages women to grow in our faith through the study of God's Word. No matter who you are or where you are, no matter the time or experience you've had following Jesus, or if you haven't had any experience at all, we are grateful to be on the journey with you and look forward to becoming more of who God created us to be. It's good to be back after spring break. Yes, it is. <laughs> Get what back are, into the routine. That's right. What are we going to study this week? Okay, well, we are going to continue looking at the last section that you started uh, the last time we were together, which okay. is entitled The Holy Spirit Today. Mm-hmm. So we're going to continue with that theme uh, where we left off a couple of weeks ago, which is the Holy Spirit's role in believers' lives. Uh, specifically, you talked about the freedom all believers have in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, I'm going to have a little bit different emphasis this week, okay. but it's part two mm-hmm. or the sequel. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start off with a weird question, and I'm going to tell a weird story. But okay. hang in, because it really does have something to do with this lesson this week. Okay. Okay. Did you ever think you could read someone's mind or— did you ever want to read someone's mind? Well, I can remember as a new mom wondering what that little precious baby was thinking, mm-hmm. you know, wishing I could wishing I could know what they were thinking. And then, you know, of course, as they grow up and start doing things, then it was, what were they thinking? It's <laughs> exactly. a whole different way of looking at it. Um, but I think you can know someone so well that you think you know what, you're, what they're thinking. But I don't really think that's true, mm-hmm. at least for people, right? Mm-hmm. I can say from experience that what goes on in my mind is rarely what others would imagine, and I'm thankful for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I want to tell you about my first experience with mind reading. Okay. Um, I had a horse growing up. He was a little Mexico pony uh, that was black, patient, and very sturdy. Mm-hmm. And I thought I could read his mind because we were so close. Mm-hmm. Right. And I knew he could read mine. Um, whenever I was helping with Roundup, my job was to hold the cattle in one place while real cowboys went up into the mountains and threw cow-calf pears out mm-hmm. for me to hold on the flat. Um, in the fall, it always started out cool, but it got hot by the time I was holding the herd, mm-hmm. right? And it was also boring. Of course. Because nothing ever happened. Right, mm-hmm. which is why my daddy put That's me there. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and as the warmth seeped in, I gradually got sleepy. And just as I was about to nod off and therefore fall off, Blackie would shake like crazy and wake me up. And I thought it was magical that he <laughs> somehow or another knew when I was going to sleep. Right. Mm-hmm. And that made me think how great this would be if I could read other people's minds. Mm-hmm. It would just be really handy because you'd always know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. Well, I never achieved that. Um, The only time I ever came close was with my mother. If I was misbehaving in any way and looked at her, their words were not necessary. Oh, yeah. You know, your mother had that look, too. Yeah, I could read her mind and everyone else could, too. Mm -hmm. So I pretty quickly decided that maybe God had withheld this power from us for some really good reasons. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay, we're going to come back to that, I promise. Okay. Um, But today, we're going to start with today's lesson, and it's all about what the Holy Spirit does for every believer. And 
there is such richness in these scriptures, we could immerse ourselves into every one of these. Mm -hmm. So we're going to skim across the surface and then touch on one or two a little more deeply. Um, In 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 16, the Holy Spirit is mentioned 10 times in those few verses. And, you know, we said last time we were together, the importance of repeated words. It Uh tells you that something important is going on. So it's almost like uh, Paul is yelling at us, pay attention here, Mm -hmm. because he uses the name Holy Spirit so many times. But basically, uh, he says, we have the Spirit so that we can understand what God has freely given us. Mm. What God has freely given us. You know, when you go into those concerts and they give you those wristbands that identify you and Mm -hmm. tell you where you can go? Well, the Spirit is kind of our identification bracelet. The one that carries us into the blessings that God has for us. So, what does the Spirit do? Actually do. Okay. He reveals God to us. We've talked about that before. Mm -hmm. He searches God's mind and shows us what God has given us. He gives us understanding. He gives us words and spiritual language Mm -hmm. uh, for divine communication. He explains spiritual realities to us. Sometimes, and sometimes he doesn't explain. Mm, Yes. But we get discernment and judgment about spiritual things from the Holy Spirit. And then Paul says something that just blows me away. The Holy Spirit gives us the mind of Christ. Hmm. We have the mind of Christ. Did you ever see those bracelets, WWJD? Oh, yeah. What would Jesus do? Mm -hmm. We don't need to ask that question. If you think about it, because we have Jesus's mind, if we will only stop to engage. That's the key. Right? So basically, what Paul is pointing out in these verses is a different kind of life, a different level, if you will. Yes, we live in the real world, but the Holy Spirit renews our minds and gives us a new lens through which we can work. Mm -hmm. And that changes Everything, because we can see the spiritual world for which we were created. Now, my sister-in-law recently sent us some photographs that were amazing. They were taken from really close up or really far away, Mm -hmm. these familiar objects, and it gave you a very different perspective on them. Uh, For example, I was looking at one that looked like a very modernistic high-tech boardroom, mm-hmm. right? But it it was really the inside of a guitar. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was fascinating. I thought about your son. He would love oh, that. He would, yeah. Um, looking through a different lens at very familiar objects, but just from a different perspective, and it was fascinating. Mm. Well, the Holy Spirit enables us to see things we wouldn't see otherwise. It's like those photos. He gives us a perspective that changes the way we think and act. Mm-hmm. So uh, our pastor Thomas, in a recent sermon, quoted his mentor's prayer, and I have repeated it over and over since I've heard it. It's, Lord, help me to see things the way you see them. Help my heart to break over the things that break your heart. And Lord, help me not to duck. Mm. 
Because once we see things from God's perspective, we cannot unsee them. I know what you mean, Jane. This brings mm. me back to the beginning of the year yep, in does. our intro when we were talking about puzzles and the Holy Spirit. And I described back then, and, and, or in one of the lessons, I can't remember exactly when, but I described what a hybrid image was. And, and I said that I'd talk about another puzzle later on. And that's what I'm going to talk about right now. Do you remember that puzzle called Magic Eye? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, my son was obsessed with them. In fact, my grandmother, who lived in a different city, would cut them out of the newspaper and get a nice nice little pile for him and then mail them to him. And it was an exciting day (laughs) when those would come in the mail. Um, So with Magic Eye, what you're looking at is just like a rectangular picture that's computer generated. It's an image that's just like an all over graphic design. It doesn't really make any sense. But when you change your focus, you kind of have to blur your eyes. You get to a certain distance and you kind of blur your eyes. Then something amazing happens. And it's like this 3D image pops out of the picture. Now, it takes a little bit of practice. I couldn't do it at first, but mm-hmm. my son was very patient with me and he would coach me through it until one day I got it and I was finally able to see it. It took me forever to learn to do it. Um, and I couldn't figure it out on my own. He, you know, he had to help me. But once I figured it out, it was easy for me to see. I could pick up any of those puzzles and see that hidden image. But it took changing the perspective of the way I looked at it for that image to pop out. Absolutely. And it took somebody tutoring you. That's right. You know, I had someone who helped me, and I will never forget the very first time an eagle popped out of this random thing on the wall. I was Uh so excited. It was just crazy. But it's a really good example of how the Spirit enables us to see a different life, if you will, than what surrounds us ordinarily. Mm. Um, But he's also doing other work in us besides just our uh, perspective. First mm-hmm. Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, and 2 Corinthians 1, 21 through 22, tells us that the Holy Spirit dwells in us, lives in us, and shapes us into God's temple. Now, think about that. God lives in us. Mm. He's not just out there somewhere. He is in here 24-7. We are the sacred space where God lives. Hmm. So the Holy Spirit opens us up to God's presence within us. Mm -hmm. He makes us stand firm in Christ where we can hold on to our Savior and the good news in spite of temptation and suffering and persecution and everything Mm -hmm. else that's going on in the world around us. He anoints us and seals us and guarantees that what God has promised us will be reality at some point. Maybe Mm -hmm. not today, maybe not tomorrow, but eventually Mm -hmm. true. And He lives in us, providing that internal guidance that we all need. Mm -hmm. And then finally, Ephesians 1, 13 through 19, adds that the Holy Spirit marks us and gives us wisdom and revelation so that we will know the Father and the Son better. Oh. Yeah. I mean, there are so many benefits, right, that we get from the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's great to stop and think about that so we don't get so caught up in the eye. 
Yeah, thinking exactly. that we're doing all of this. It's not us. It's the Holy you, Spirit. You can't think I when you're thinking God lives in me. Yeah. yeah yes. That's exactly. Right. Okay, so are we going to get back to what this has to do with oh, mind? Oh, yes, yes, yes. We're going to. I'm getting there. Hang on. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, I want to f- focus on a couple of these uh, roles of the Holy Spirit in our lives because we could go on and on and on about it. The first one is um, believers are anointed by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We are set aside for holy use for a purpose greater than ourselves, and I think that is so important because. We all, as human beings, want significance. Oh, yeah. And it is the Holy Spirit who says, this is how you are going to be significant in God's kingdom, and I'm going to make it happen. So we are anointed for that. I mm-hmm. love that picture. Um, the second role is that the Holy Spirit marks us. Now, a, a mark is like having a distinctive or distinguishing mark, which indicates ownership. It's like a logo or a brand, right? right? Permanent, indelible. You can't lose it. You can't wash it away. And in our case, the Holy Spirit marks us by God and for God so that we belong to Him no matter what. Oh, that's just so comforting and reassuring. Oh, I know. And it goes along with the third thing, which is that the Holy Spirit seals us. Those last two may be my favorite. Um, In the first century, a seal referred to an identifying mark placed on a document or a contract, usually uh, with melted wax and a signet ring pressed into it so that it would harden and it would protect the document from being manipulated. I've seen that in the movies. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I always thought that was so cool. I wanted one. Uh Um, Well, even today, we seal things. You know, we seal things to preserve them, Mm -hmm. like wax on the top of the jelly jar Mm -hmm. or those vacuum sealer bags, you know, that keep food fresh for a long time, which, by the way, is applied under heat and pressure, Mm -hmm. I might add. So it's not always a painless process. Um, But we also seal things to protect them from elements that would destroy them, Mm -hmm. like photos from UV light or to keep out harmful bacteria or prevent buildup of mold or things like that. So sealing is still really important today. So the mark identifies us. The seal both identifies and protects us. Okay. So in summary, if you think of it this way, God chooses us, he calls us, he marks us as his own, and he seals us with his Holy Spirit. That seal indicating our identity is God's beloved. Mm Mm-hmm. It assures our authenticity as believers, both to ourselves and to other people, and it's a sign of His authority and His commitment to us having that seal. It, the seal of the Holy Spirit indicates who we are and whose we are and whose we will remain. It sort of anchors us, right? We're Absolutely. We're not drifting around all Absolutely. The time. And those are truths we need to absorb to, un- to understand. Yeah. 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 All right. Are you ready to go back to the mind reading yet? Or are we still we still have more to talk about? Yeah, no, no, no. I know I know you're distracted by that. So we'll just go on. Okay. Um tying it into the desire to read somebody's mind. It's like, why would you want to be able to do that? Well, I mean, there are a lot of reasons you would want to be able to do that. Power and control, of course, but mm-hmm. that's the sin nature talking. Um, I don't know. It's just I think 
we think it would be interesting. Yeah, power and control is, that's, those are good. Um, but I think there's a deeper need that we have in addition to a desire for power and control. And as I remembered my time with Blackie, who was just the most precious thing in the world to me, it occurred to me that to be able to read another person's mind was a level of intimacy in me, see, right. as you said last time. Right. It's a level of intimacy and inclusion that my young heart longed for. Oh, yeah. All of my life, true confession time, uh, I have felt like a square peg trying to fit into round holes. Mm-hmm. I wanted so desperately to fit, to belong, mm-hmm. and yet I never felt like I did. Now, what I've come to understand is that everyone wants yeah. to belong. Universal. Yeah. I mean, if you, can, if you can say any of these things, think of the things we did as adolescents. Oh, you know, yes. most of that was aimed at fitting in, mm-hmm. of belonging. We still do things because we want to fit in, yeah. right? I hear so often people say, I just never feel like I fit in any, anywhere. And this is kind of a silly little story. But when I was a child, you know, occasionally we were allowed to drink something that we called coffee milk. It was a real treat. Mm. And all it really was was milk with sugar and maybe a teaspoon of coffee in it. (laughs) Well, my brother and sister loved it. But as you know, Jan, I'm not a coffee drinker. Never have been. I don't think I ever will be. I don't like the smell of it. I don't like the taste of it. I don't like anything about it. But there was so much excitement with my brother and sister when this would happen that I would join in and I would choke it down just to fit in. Mm-hmm. And this was when I was a little child. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's funny to think about that now, but it was more important for me to share that in that moment with my brother and sister than it was to admit that I didn't like it. I just wanted to feel like I felt, in, felt like I fit in with them. Yeah. I, I had actually the same experience, only we called it cowboy coffee. Ah. And if there was any coffee in it, I don't know. Yeah. where it was, right. but I didn't much care for it either. Yeah. Which is interesting. Well, that that desire to fit in is a hunger that is God-given. Mm-hmm. We were created with a deep need for intimacy and community with the one who created us. As you know, you've heard of the God-shaped vacuum mm-hmm. that, God-shaped only, cr- yeah, yeah. that only Christ can fill. And Just as you said before, just as our need for freedom is found in Christ, our need to belong is fulfilled in Christ. Mm. So if you think of freedom as the significance part of the equation Uh and belonging as the security part of the equation, we find both of those deep, deep human needs met in Christ. We are His, He is ours, Mm. and we belong there. And His Holy Spirit makes us understand that, Mm -hmm. assures us of that, and goes about the job of transformation, of shaping us so that we will fit in God's kingdom. Wow. Mm. So you got a question about all that? Well, let's think about this for a second. Okay, when you notice that you're struggling to fit in, what is it that you do? Is there anything specific that you can do to make sure you're not getting caught up in that worldly mm. um, trying to fit in, that you can turn it over to the Holy Spirit and fit in in that way? 
That's a great question. That's a great question because I I think many of us are not even aware when we're trying to fit in. No, I think it's just so automatic. Yeah. Okay. Along with that, Uh I want our friends to think about how the Holy Spirit is shaping you to fit God's kingdom. You know, we all have a different shape. Mm Mm-hmm. And he knows exactly the place for us. And so think about, just look back over 10 years in your life and see how the Holy Spirit has been transforming and fitting you. Yeah, that's an exercise we all need to do because it makes us more aware of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Exactly. Sometimes it takes a little bit of distance to, to see those changes. That it does. So just remember your need for significance and your need for security, mm-hmm. is those are both found in Christ. Mm. That's beautiful. Until next time. <laughs>